are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. In a series called Our Family Is, and today I'm going to wrap up our series with uh, Family Is Impacting, and I'm going to be talking about our, uh, part two. Uh, the little sort of tag that we've written for that is our family is committed to see the impact of the kingdom of God in Cold Lake's surrounding areas, the whole world. We rejoice in change that God's impact brings. We know that God has given us influence in our community and beyond, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're determined not to be a narrow-minded, small-thinking church. On every occasion, we look for the opportunity to reflect the goodness of God to those around us, for we know that God continues to place Coal Lake, Alberta on the global map. Last time I shared, I shared on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to continue on our journey through family is by talking about establishing an atmosphere favorable to the Holy Ghost. See, every one of us in this room, we like different things. My little three-year-old, four-year-old daughter now, she just turned four at the end of, of, of March there. Her and I, we love olives. And it's awesome, like, little Liberty and I will sit down, and, and yesterday, at about 8 o'clock in the morning, she comes up to me, she says, Daddy, olives? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's olive time, you know? And, and, and as we get into this, this kind of olives, I said to her one time, I said, Libby, no, we can't have any olives tonight, it's time to go to bed. She goes, kraut? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's break out the sauerkraut, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, sauerkraut, olives, not really a, a popular choice for three-year-olds, four-year-old children, but yet it's something that Liberty and I just love. Every one of us is different. You know what? I remember when Cindy and I were living in Edmonton, we drove by a, a store, and it was called Camper's Village, and Cindy said to me, she says, do you think that we'll ever go shopping there? I'm like, oh, I hope not. And then I saw on Facebook the other day that someone from this church said, we just bought a new tent, and we're looking forward to going camping. I'm like, seriously? Camping in a tent? Man, my idea of roughing is it was a hotel without room service. Like, you know, I, I just don't understand that. I'm not in that same vein. But yet, there's other people who love it. What do I mean by Atmosphere. What would be an atmosphere that is conducive to the Holy Spirit? It's like this. I remember one year as a youth pastor, I was doing a camp, and I did camps all over Alberta, different youth camps. And I remember that Cindy and I went to this one camp, and, and, and we got ready to go, and we, we went in, and we drove into the camp, and we went and met with the, uh, the, the officials of the camp there, and they said, oh, we're so glad to have you. They said, you're down in, in the speaker's cabin. That's just up the road on number four or whatever up the, up the, up the path. So we walk up there, and when we opened up the speaker's cabin, the floor was filled with bugs. And I'm just like, yeah, we got the right place. I'm like, man, this is, this is disgusting. And then as we walked in there, the, the sheets were, like the bed was unmade, and whoever was sleeping in there last time, the sheets were soiled, and just, they, they were just sitting there. It's kind of like, here, this is your bed. And then the towels were hanging, and they were all dirty. It's kind of like, man. And I was, I was mad. You know, I'm supposed to come, I was supposed to speak 11 times at this camp. And as I walk in, the, the, the speaker's cabin is looking like that. I'm like, where are the kids sleeping? And, and I said, you know what, let's go. I'm not speaking here. I, how, can we, how do they expect us to sleep in here? It's disgusting. 
you know, Cindy, being so gracious, and, and you know, she really does ground me. You know, she, she walked in that place, and she said, don't worry, honey, I'll, I'll take care of it. And she walks up to the, to the, the, the camp officials, and, and she says, you know what, instead of saying, could you get someone to go down there and clean that camp? It's disgusting. She says, could I have a, do you guys got any, any Javex? Do you have any bleach? And do you have any gloves and some clean sheets and stuff? And she went, and all day long, she scrubbed out that cabin so we could sleep there for the, for the week. See, the atmosphere that this camp portrayed before I walked in there was not a good atmosphere. Like, I was ready to just say, forget it. Like, you know what, if they, if they can't even give us, like, I don't think we demand too much. Man, I've slept in the Ukraine. I've slept in beds with bed bugs in it where you wake up with sores all over your bodies. And I think, you know what, I'm really not that, that where it's kind of like, hey, you know what, I was teasing about that whole hotel without room service thing. I've been in some pretty bad conditions, and I understand that I'm serving God, and that's, where I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to be able to broadcast. But when you show up, and that cabin hasn't even been cleaned for the season, it's like, you know what, I'm not interested in speaking at this camp. Let's go. And I said, I made a vow, I said, I will never speak at that camp again. Well, you know what? Probably all of you ancient past people know I need to do a little bit of repenting after the service. <laughs> need to walk in that place and say, Lord, just help me to let that go. But in saying that, the atmosphere left a sour taste in my mouth. When we walk in that place and we desire the Holy Spirit to be able to fill our lives, the Holy Spirit to be able to be resonant in everything that we do, then we need to have and establish an atmosphere that is so conducive to who Holy Spirit is, and that doesn't happen just on Sunday mornings. The secret to unlocking the king life is establishing an atmosphere of thanksgiving. Do you remember as a kid, you were trying to be annoying someone who asked you for why on absolutely everything. You know how it goes. Come on, children, it's time to go. Why? Because if we don't leave now, we're going to be late. Why? Well, it's a 10-minute drive to Ben's house, and we are expected to be there by 5. Why? Well, he's making dinner, and it's rude to show up late. Why? Because his wife worked hard making a nice meal, and she wants it to be served hot. Now let's go. Why? What is our answer when we get that choice? Why? What is our answer? What do we kind of fall back to? The answer is usually because. Why? Because. Let's go. Often when we see that question, look at, let's look at Deuteronomy 28, 47 to 48 this morning. Because you did not serve the Lord. I said because. You did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and in thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. There are so many scriptures that talk about being grateful, being joyful. Scriptures that encompass many areas of our lives. For example, 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Man, you know what? It even encompasses our finances. You know what? I I remember pastors saying from the pulpit before, if, if if the Lord is the Lord of your wallet, then he's the Lord of every part of your life. And you know, this is something in my life that I struggle with. Cindy was such a giver. And in Bible college, I was struggling so much to pay rent. And then all of a sudden, Cindy's like, you know what? 
Lance, I just see this person over here, and I just feel like we need to give them 20 bucks. I'm like, are you serious? 20 bucks? How can we do that, Cindy? We're like 80 bucks short for rent this month. And she's just like, I just feel like we need to do it. And it was like, oh. And, and she did this time after time after time where she got my Lance, I just feel like we need to give this. It's like, please. And every time she came to me, she had those eyes. You know, you know, husband, those eyes. Honey, you know what? I just got to, oh. I just, I just really feel this person needs, oh. It's like, oh, Lord, here's my wallet, Cindy. It's like, come on. But I wasn't doing it out of a, a grateful heart until the Lord really started to show me and teach me that, you know what, even though we were 80 bucks short, it just seemed that when we gave 20 bucks, that boom, the Lord would drop in that rest of the rent to be able to, 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 be able to pay off those bills. He would just do all this kind of stuff and the Lord had to take me through a process where I understood what it means to be a cheerful giver. I remember going into this church one time, and the pastor says, all right, now just imagine this on a Sunday morning. Pastor Hayward gets up there to do the offering. He says, okay, saints of God, are you ready to give your offering this morning? How many people are ready? And the people grab their offering, offering envelopes, and they're like, "Woo!" And he's like, we need to get excited about giving to the Lord. Amen? How many of you are excited? It's like, "Woo!" He says, if you're so excited, I encourage you just to take your offering and run. And these people get up and they're running around the church. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? But the Lord says we need to be a cheerful giver. Not like, oh, here comes the offering plate again. Forget it. I shall not be moved. That's what the scripture says, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must each decide in your, oh, that, I've already read that one. Psalms 100 says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy, acknowledging that the Lord is God. He made us and we're, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into the courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. But do we believe the scriptures? Saints of God, if you know who the Lord is, if you walk in a covenant relationship with Christ Jesus, then you've gone through trials and tough times before and the Lord has brought you through it. And if that's the case, why when the next trial comes, all of a sudden the first thing we do is we fear? Why is it that when all of a sudden something rocks our world, it's immediate like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Oh, let's post it on Facebook. Oh, my world is terrible. Oh my goodness, I can't believe what is happening right now. That is not an atmosphere that is welcoming to the Holy Spirit. An atmosphere says, man, this is tough right now. I don't like this situation. I don't like this circumstance. But praise God, the, 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 the miracle is going to be so big that it's going to blow me off my feet. Because greater is he that is in the, us than he that is in this world. And I believe that if God is for me, who can be against me? That is what we have to have in our spirits. And you know what, guys? If we're not there, we need to get to that place where we need to say, God, help me to trust you fully. 
Help to guard my mouth, oh God. Help, Lord Jesus, to fill my heart with faith that, Lord Jesus, I don't find myself stumbling and spewing when things are not going well. There's power in our heart response. We can become so used to doom and gloom that we buy into the lie that the Lord is not able. My friends, people of impact establish a lifestyle of thanksgiving and an atmosphere that is appealing to the Holy Ghost. Luke 17, 11 says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between uh, Galilee and Samaria, and he entered a village there where 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed from their leprosy. One of them went, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell on the ground thanking Jesus for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. If you remember right, the Samaritans were the enemy of the Jews. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, for your faith has healed you. My friends, that is a scripture that I have to keep ingrained in the back of my mind. Because my nature is a guy who is always on the next thing. I am a go, 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 go kind of guy. And we need to stop and we need to celebrate. We need to stop and we need to say, Jesus, thank you. Because if we don't do that, we're going to get so far ahead that all of a sudden we're going to lose our way. We're going to get to that place where it's just kind of like, Lord, you know what? I didn't come back to say thank you, Jesus. I didn't stop and just to say, Lord, you know what? I remember a month ago I was so worried about not being able to pay my my MasterCard off. But Lord Jesus, all of a sudden the money comes in, you pay your MasterCard, you don't even think about it. And you're on to the next worry. And we're on to the next problem. And we're on to the next thing that is so big that that we forget just to stop and say, now wait a minute. Last last month I was worried about this. And last month I was was worried that this was going to happen. And God, you did something there. Lord, thank you, Jesus. And you know what? Maybe you're hearing like, well, the Lord hasn't answered that prayer. Thank him anyways. Because that's when the kingdom of God is being established in that atmosphere that is conducive to the Holy Spirit to work and to move. When it's like, God, I am in over my head right now, but thank you, Lord, because you are more than able. I praise your name, God, because, God, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You are the beginning and end. You are everything, God. God, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Lord, you are Jehovah Mekadesh, the one who makes me clean. God, you are Jehovah Roy, Lord Jesus. Uh, the, uh, I can't remember. Is it that uh, one of them is the, the God that heals me? And we walk in that place, and we just say, "Lord, you are able, God." But when we start to grumble, when we start to complain, when we start to 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 all of a sudden get maybe mad, that is when we are very, we're coming very close to lining ourselves with the accuser of the brethren. To walk in that place where it's just like, God, I don't know if I trust you here, God. 
Lord, I don't know if you are able. How many of us in this room, by showing your hands this morning, have experienced the goodness of God in one way or another? Man, look at the hands. And how many of us in this room, again, have experienced the presence of God? You know, you walk in, it's just like, man, the presence of God is here. Then why, when trials come, do we immediately step into fear? The Bible even talks about this in James. Look, look, James 1, 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, you know what? I think he's on to something. David was a man that the Lord himself said was after his heart. What made David so special? Why did God do so many amazing things through his life? See, David knew the value of thanksgiving. First Chronicles 16 says, So they brought the ark of God, and they set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both men and women, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. I had this really funky slide thing here, but you're not going to be able to see it, but believe me, it was awesome. It took me two hours to figure out how to do this, and, and uh, it, it was really cool. So the three keys for that is, number one, David got the priest to commemorate or bring remembrance to. Number two is David had the, the, had the priest give thanks to the Lord. And then thirdly, David had the priest praise and celebrate the Lord. You see, he gave the priest those responsibilities, which, interesting enough, thanks was right in the middle But you know what? David didn't stop there. He then went and wrote a psalm unto the Lord. And that's found in 1 Chronicles 16, 8 to 10, where he says, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice who worship the Lord. Being people of impact is important. We want to truly be an impact, not only in our community, but globally. But before we can become an impact anywhere, it has to start here. The enemy would love us to forget that God the Father is our everything, that God's ways are higher than ours. It truly boils down to the heart response. Do you totally trust the Lord? If the answer is yes, then when those trials and troubles come your way, you can rest knowing that he's got you. If the answer is no, then that is something you can tangibly pray for, asking the Lord to help you in these matters. You know what? As I've been studying the brain, I found it amazing how the brain can't decipher a lie. If you wake up in the morning and stub your toe and say, man, it's going to be one of those days the body automatically prepares itself for a bad day. How often do those little things just saunter out of our mouths? You know what, man, I just hate my job. Oh, my boss is such a jerk. 
my wife, what a bag. Hey, hey. Cold Lake, oh man, Cold Lake sucks. I hate this place. I'm such a loser. When sentences like that come out of our mouths, we're establishing an atmosphere that is not heavenly, but demonic. Philippians 2, 14, 16 says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a, wonder, in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Do you know what? Murmuring is a spiritual disease. It's the most contagious of all spiritual diseases. There's something about murmuring that becomes so perilous, it spreads quickly and poisons everyone who is contaminated by it. But just as murmuring is dangerous, gratitude and thanksgiving set the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to manifest. So does complaining open up the door to a realm to allow the spirit of heaviness to manifest. See, we see in the script to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so often we think of my heaviness. It means that I have to put on my garment of praise. But you know what? It's much, much bigger than that. As we speak the truth of thanksgiving, giving glory to God, the enemy flees as he hates to hear us praise the Lord. Have you ever heard someone, uh, some good report or testimony and you just feel your heart encouraged? That's the power of a testimony. Man, the ladies in the mornings have been doing these, uh, these times where they've been sharing their testimonies. And I had the, the honor to be able to uh, hide in the back and kind of do the sound for them. But as these girls came forward and shared their testimonies, I was blown away by the goodness of God. They became so quickly my favorite part of Wednesday mornings. Testimonies, number one. Food, number two. that good but some of these gals as they shared I just sat at the back like I I cried at the back I laughed at the back and I was proud of so many of these ladies at the back saying man I'm so proud of you girls it is awesome to see what God is doing and it just I felt encouragement come into my spirit why because the atmosphere they were setting was that of just thanking the Lord for what they had done, what he has done in their lives. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. We have a tool, a weapon to change the spiritual temperature. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart, our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, Lord. God, give us the remedy. If we are to keep our words and thought on him, we won't find ourselves in fear and heaviness. We need to guard our heart out of the wellspring of life, out of the heart the mouth sp speaks. Last week, Corey spoke on about guarding your heart. If we guard our heart, you know what? You won't need to guard your mouth. We need to have a heart of thanksgiving and not just the vocabulary. My friends, in closing, I just encourage you to take some notes here maybe. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself counting troubles and not your blessings. 
You find that when trouble comes, it's, it's just a heaviness that comes upon you. And you're like, Pastor, listen, that's me. That's how I automatically do things. How do I break that? Remember, whatsoever things are of good, true, lovely, and of a good report, my brethren, think of these things. Philippians 4, chapter 8. Maybe you're here, and in the natural, you find yourself every day worrying about something. Maybe worry is something, it's a, it's a hitch, and you lose sleep over things because worry naturally overtakes you. Then remember, thanksgiving helps you enjoy life and those around you. For you, study 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Maybe you're here, and you find yourself that you feel sorry for yourself, and you often have pity parties. Then remember, woe is a mindset Never base your life on present circumstances, but on God's promises. Romans 8.31, study it. Get it into your spirit. Maybe you're here and you find yourself comparing and competing with others, and it's just like there's a competition with absolutely everything that you do. Remember, the power twins of hell are comparing and competing among us. Refuse to allow them to take residence in your life. Study Galatians 6, 4 to 5. Maybe you're here and you find yourself insisting upon your rights and your ways. Then remember, we need to seek to do the things God's way, and he will provide for you all your needs. Study Matthew 6, 33. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself complaining about things that you can't change in the, natural, uh, in the natural anyways. Then remember, always look for the bright side of life. You may not be able to change something, but you can always change your attitude and your confession of faith to a positive one. Study, memorize Romans 5, 1 to 5. My friends, we need to remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. We need to remember as saints of God that we are in a war. And you know what? There can be another brother or sister in the Lord who says something or does something just makes us so mad. Let it go. Bless them. Walk in that place where it's like, you know what? I'm not fighting this brother I'm not fighting this sister, but there's a principality there that, not necessarily that they're walking in a demonic spirit, but there's something there that is causing me to get anxious. It's causing me to, to, to rise up. Lord, what is in my heart right now? What are you trying to reveal to me? Because God, I need to give this to you, Lord, because Lord, I have to be able to let this roll off my back. My friends, each one of us I believe, and I put myself in this place too, where, you know what, you're driving down the road. and It's so funny because uh, my, my spiritual dad there, Dennis, I remember Dennis was, was talking to us, Cindy and I, and we were, we were probably just married at this time. And uh, he was sharing with us on an atmosphere of thanksgiving, how we, need to, how we need to be a blessing, and we have to allow words. to Like he was in the car telling us this story. And we're sitting there, and I'm driving, and he's in the passenger seat, and he's in the back. He's like, you know, guys, we just need to have our, our world filled with thanksgiving. We need to just really make sure that we're being people of blessings and this kind of stuff. And we're just like, oh, yeah, Dennis, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, Lord, you just need to help us do that. And I tell you the truth, like two minutes later, 
as we're driving, we pass by a, 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 a bank, and I don't even know why, but I'm like, you see that bank right there? That is the worst bank in Edmonton. I'm like, the lines are so long in that bank, and there's never a parking spot. you got to park like five miles down the road. Oh, I just hate that bank so much. And Dennis just graciously is like, oh, yeah, yeah. And Cindy's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it can become so natural. Guys, that wasn't even my bank. I don't even know why that came over me, but it did. And you may find yourself today, after church, on the way home, all of a sudden being like, you know what? You you get a flat tire or something happens. Just like, you know what? Oh, I just, these, the potholes in Cold Lake. Man, I I can't believe these roads. They're just so crappy. Man, where's my tax dollars going to? I tell you, the mayor and the whole city is doing a lousy job. And I just can't believe, I can't wait to leave this hole. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless our mayor. Bless our council. Bless our roads. Stay away from the park, the, uh, the, uh, the, the mall when you're driving out of the mall. My goodness. Bless it, Lord. My friends, it's a natural desire. There's something in us that wants to gripe, that wants to complain, that wants to murmur. But every single opportunity, look for an opportunity just to say, God, I give this to you. God, I want to be a man. I want to be a woman of impact. And Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Show me what's in there, Lord. And when this stuff rises out and spews out, help me just to stop and say, God, where is that coming from? Because, Lord, I want to be a man and a woman of integrity. And, Lord Jesus, I want to have carry a supernatural impact that goes globally in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, in this series that we've done on family, family is. And, Lord, we want to be able to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, we want to be able to fast. We want to be able to seek your face. Lord, we want to be able to change and mold and shape and not just stay stagnant, God. And Lord, I understand, Lord, that people in Cold Lake, God, we have got such an amazing opportunity because people leave our church and they go all over the world. And God, as our brothers and sisters go, may they catch these principles, Lord Jesus, and bring them to the world, Father God. That Lord, when we're around, when we're at work and we're around the water cooler, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, someone starts going off by, about a boss or about an employee, God, would you give us the grace just to hold that tongue? And just to bless God, just to speak out words of life and words of encouragement. Would you help us, Lord, to be able to establish an atmosphere that is conducive to the Holy Spirit in our homes, in our workplaces? My God, 
we just hear stories about how, how crude and how rough the patch is. We just hear stories about how the military is just so, so negative and has so this and so that. Lord, may that change, Lord Jesus, in our, in our society. May that change in our world, Father God. That, Lord, we know that, Lord, if we go into a place and the atmosphere is not right, that, God, we can change it with the power of the Holy Ghost that is in us. In Christ's mighty name we ask it. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.